We've got best-selling author and entrepreneur Courtney Ream in the studio to help us speak like a man. And we'll play our game, False Start Me Up, and drink our nightcap, The Shortcut to Drunk, tonight on It's Complicated. You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli, coming to you live from the AfterBuzz TV studios in Los Angeles, California. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for an all-new episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm Lauren. And that's Jen. It still is. And this is Lauren. Still. <laughs> I love that about us. <laughs> we stay the same every time. Every week. But not because this week is different. We are talking <laughs> about, we are going to discuss how to speak like a man. And we're going to get tips from best-selling author Courtney Ream. We've got him in the studio. He's going to help us shortcut our way, maybe shortcut our startup like his good old book here. Uh-huh. And also shortcut our way to a dynamic duo. And maybe he's going to give us some tips on how to get there quicker because he's all about getting there fast how to get unsingle that's what the show should have been called yes so good (laughs) uh so as lauren said courtney and his brother carter are the authors of the national best-selling book shortcut your startup speed up success with unconventional advice from the trenches so the brother's goal was to share their insights um, and empower the next generation of entrepreneurs. Yes, and Courtney started all of this off. He was an investment banker at Goldman Sachs, and then he and his brother established Vive, which is a vodka, and it's quite tasty. It is. I have had it. Um, we don't have it here on our no, desk today. No, we don't today, have it here. But you use your imagination, and you could probably go buy it somewhere. Yes, too. and they also created Vitafruit cocktails by Vive. These were the first line of, of organic ready-to-drink cocktails. They were super tasty. Before, like, Skinny Girl and all that? Are they yeah, well, no, and it was, like, natural. Organic? It wasn't, like, chemicals and shit. It oh. also, it tasted good, and it, like, prevented hangovers, kind of. Damn. we Because there was, like, things in it. The, th- the good things? It, besides alcohol, yeah. <laughs> then I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so, guys, while the brothers were investing in providing guidance as advisors and board members to emerging businesses, um, while they were doing Vive, they were doing advising yes, to yes. – sorry, too much vodka, guys. It's a, Also, we, we made it a strong one. But it's like Courtney is – kind of like the person who does all the things all at once like multitasking not like a normal man but like i think we'll he's able to do that and we'll get there about that yes but, but so it's they hard to keep track yeah in bonobos birchbox warby parker pinterest lift kavita and crave jerky which i've had That's good. it's, it's good expensive. i've had it too very good <laughs> so good job yeah um uh, and then they sold a majority stake of eve to a, nas- a multinational strategic buyer, and that's how they started their business, M13, M13. which is an L.A.-based brand development and investment company that accelerates businesses, just like we're accelerating our alcohol intake yes. right now with yes. our drink today, um, and focuses on. they got to focus on their entrepreneurial stewardship of consumer brands. So and they moved like, one thing out of the way to focus on another. And, and this was born. So it's all about, like, they, it kind of all collided. And made a perfect little storm. And now they are where they're at. And it's pretty good. So, guys, Goldman Sachs named him as one of the 100 most intriguing entrepreneurs twice. Okay. He's been on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. He's an alumni of Columbia and Harvard. 
and he's single. Uh, so far as I know, potential next bachelor? I think so. Maybe. Welcome to the show, Courtney Ream. Hi. How'd you like that introduction? That was a great intro. I'm, I'm both really excited to be here and a little scared, which doesn't <laughs> usually happen on these things. So well, congratulations. This you, is like a two-on-one date. Right. So you, you've get ready. the intimidation factor going already. Oh, yeah. And just I, like we like it. I feel like if we were on a two-on-one date, we would totally scare the shit out of the guy across the We got the so table. many questions and answers. And I don't like, think the guy would get to talk. It, it would be like a game of double dutch, and we'd be talking the whole time, and he'd be doing, like, can I jump in? Can I jump in? Can no, I jump he in? wouldn't be able to jump in, but he would be able to pay for both of our drinks. Oh, <laughs> and especially if it was a Vive cocktail. Oh, yes, exactly. That would be so good. Um, speaking of cocktails, guys, yes. so we mentioned that we are accelerating our alcohol intake tonight, and that is because we're drinking our Nightcap, the shortcut to drunk, <laughs> a play on the book Shortcut, shortcut Your Startup. Yes. Can't even speak anymore. Um, but basically... Time is of the essence, guys, mm-hmm. especially in our 30s, so we don't have time to waste, and that's why we are drinking a double, double. and that's a La Cocktail mixed with Tito's Vodka. Yes. And what is this flavor we have here today? Tangerine. It's very good. It's t- delicious, guys. And I feel like, listen, we're all about, like, cutting out the unnecessary shit, right? Like, this book is clearly about like getting to where you need to get fast. We talk about getting to like where we want in life quickly. Mm-hmm. When you go, next time you all do this, next time you go to a bar, order a double. Don't drink it as fast as you would normally, or drink it as fast as you normally would. But don't you think that just makes sense? Just get there. Yeah, I mean, I see more and more people, especially females, who are like, I don't really want to hold a drink. I don't really want to drink. I just want to kind of like you guys be drunk. So they're like, I just do a shot of vodka or tequila like every hour on the hour and just see where the night goes. That's actually smart, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hate holding a drink. That is why I actually drink faster is to put it down. And it's cold in my hand. I don't envy you guys. Handbag plus a drink in the other hand. So much holding. That's why you need a a nice little clutch purse or a little one that has a a strap on it. So you have your hands free. You could invest in something like that. Double fist or a double or whatever. Anyway. Efficient purses for women on the go. If I was going to do that, I would actually do. I really wish like the purse or the man purse or the satchel (gasps) was more generally acceptable. That's why I go to Europe for part of the summer because you just need that. I mean, you guys can. Do you have a purse, Courtney? Not that I wear in the continental U.S., oh, but outside God. of it, yes. <laughs> so I mean, he has to travel to wear his merch. Do yeah. the foreign women like it? They don't mind it. It's I not think a de- they're it, familiar Here with it's it. a deal breaker. There, it's definitely not a deal breaker. <laughs> Depends what's in your merch. It. Oh, what? my God. Do people you get to them, ask? You let them look through your merch on the first date? Courtney. But depends, you know. You got to be vulnerable, right? Show them what's in sure. the purse. Open up your purse and be vulnerable, everyone. Words <laughs> to live the, by. Yeah, Courtney Reed. <laughs> okay, so you guys, we are going to go over some tips about how to speak to your man or like a man, and it's going to shortcut your steps and avoid miscommunications and misunderstandings. And we are going to list some tips that we found that we think are like generalizations about like things that maybe like guys aren't that great at communicating and like how you can sort of get in there and shortcut your way to better communication and conversation and also kind of ties into like how you personally, since you have experience in this with the women and in business, because we know you do well in both, right? Isn't dating sort of a business? I think so. These skills I mean, are certainly transferable. With, certainly with apps, it's become a business. The more organized you are, the more streamlined you are. Yeah. yeah. Saves you time. I mean, our whole book is about time is the new money. And so time is the one thing that we all have in common, no matter how rich or how poor or how whatever. It's time. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I think then. it is a business. Uh, okay. Before we get into the tips for how to speak 
like a man or to a man, what would you say is the most like a time efficient way of organizing your dates or remembering who these people are or keeping track of your swiping? What would you say is like the best trick? Or what do you do? Yeah. That's a good question. After after years of being more diligent about it, now I try to kind of do like, you know, lead with the heart rather than the Excel spreadsheet because I, <laughs> when I was at Goldman Sachs, when you have very little free time, I actually used to have a spreadsheet and I would have names on it. And then it wasn't about keeping the girls straight. I, was, I had not enough free time to have that be an issue, but it would be like I would take notes on things they liked or whatever, or oh, future activities. Nice. So it was more like interests of theirs, things we could do. And then, you know, it would be easy that if you're like, okay, I want to go jump off a plane this weekend, then you can be like, all right, who's in new adventure? Call or Melissa. I would, yeah, I would literally have categories <gasps> or categories. Oh my But you know goodness. what, though? That could, that did come out sounding like, where is he going with this? Which is also kind of awesome. Even if it was like this girl, like one night stand to keep track of like who was who, even if it was that, who fucking cares? But it's actually kind of sweet that it was like interests of the women so that when you were ready to go on a date, you were actually paying attention to what they were saying. And yeah, trying to be thoughtful and yeah. do something. Right. Especially, it's one thing once you know someone, but as you know, those first couple <laughs> dates, if you just like, they're like, oh, wait, we're going to a seafood restaurant. I'm allergic to shellfish. And like, that shouldn't be a deal breaker if it's just a harmless mistake. But I mean, for it some could, people, it could be. And right off the bat, when you're just trying to figure somebody out, things like that could steer you in another direction. Yeah, quick shellfish story. Um, when I was in college, before okay. cell phones at Columbia, this girl calls me, like, and we're supposed to go out on, say, Friday, and it's Wednesday. She calls me, and she's like real talking fast, and I could tell she's like, Schwitzing, and I'm like, yeah, what's going on? She's like, she's like, no, um, you know, listen, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to, to dinner on Friday, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I don't, I don't know how to say this, but like, uh, I think I might like you if you think you might like me. And if the date goes well, and, and um, long story short, I have like a near death allergy to shellfish. So if you're thinking about that, you might even want to potentially kiss me at some point during the date, I would ask you not to eat shellfish 24 hours before. I felt so bad for it. Can you imagine imagine having to do that like with anyone you go on a date with? But that's like legit. She actually has to do that every time. And I was literally taking her to what what I thought was the fancy Korean barbecue place on campus, like $12 a person, but inflation (laughs) adjusted. And so it really was a big deal. I'm glad she called. Wait, did Wait, you? but that wasn't jumping the gun at all. Like, did no. she know where you were taking her in advance of this? No, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I mentioned I like sushi, so she was just keeping an eye out. But I just felt so bad for her. Oh, I feel bad for her too. But more just because, like, couldn't she have just waited like a beat and said, "Oh, where were you thinking of going on Friday?" And then she could have said, "No, let's not do that." But no, but it doesn't but I mean, matter. Italian because, places serve lobster too. But, but he. But then could, while you're there, you could have wait okay, though. Fine. I guess he, it's twenty four hours. But if he thing. twelve hours beforehand had fucking clams or something she'd be fucked and then she'd have to ask him right before he's gonna kiss her like have you eaten any shit like yeah, we've already about- got like garlic breath going thank you thank you lauren you're clearly the brains of the group here oh, <laughs> oh. oh. Well, not talking- everyone in this room went to harvard including lauren <laughs> i did not and me I both of us definitely did not but- go to harvard I know where it is. I'm and going there this weekend, in I fact, to Boston. Li- I like a man with an East Coast accent, and I like the hardcore-sounding Boston accent. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. Ugh. Sounds rough. Sorry, I, I haven't either. Yeah. If you spend two years in Boston, you will never want to hear the East Coast accent. I Probably not, but I, for you, it's different, Courtney. Or if you your family's wanna, from there. You don't want to hear a girl speaking that way. Well, only thing worse than a guy's Boston accent is a girl's Boston Yeah, but see, I like how it sounds rough. I feel like, like they man, all like, work in a bar. 
No matter but what see, they do or where they were at. Yeah, exactly. In a but see, you guys are thinking like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Good Will Hunting. <laughs> that, that ain't how it sounds in More real the life. Town, it's like, actually. move it, you asshole. I got a quarter. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay, like, I guess. No, my family, my mom's side of the family is from there. So it's very distinct. Like, you know their voices and their accents yeah. and it's, their words are Jan Golden, it's true. Shout out to my mom. Um, okay, wait. So really quick. So you, you used to have a spreadsheet and now you don't. Now you say you lead with the heart. What do you, so do you, how do you still, you got to still organize it somehow. Well, I mean, not to get too sappy, but I think at this point in my life, it's trying to, you know, trying to streamline, not mm-hmm. date as much, mm-hmm. only quality go on dates over when quantity. I, quality over quantity. And, you know, if you ever get to the point where I like, there's a couple people you're dating and you're like, can't remember the person, much less a few things about them. Either it means I'm dating too many people or more likely that's not a great sign in terms of future prospects. So I kind of just lead with that. Totally agree with that. That's good. I do agree with that as well. And also, should you not want to use Excel, you can just use the notes app in your phone, which I did. Except for it's not sortable and I'm a dork. So you're right. You I would can't literally do, do like control finds or anything. Do like control fine. I would do V lookups where I'd be like girls who like don't have jobs where they work during the week sorted by <laughs> activities. And then you can, you know, you guys, that's when the sheet got a little length. You all just confused me. Technology oh, it, she doesn't me. like Excel. Okay. I love it actually. I, I Excel it my just life. freaks me out a little bit. It's love fine. those little boxes. It's fine. I don't use it to write this show, and we do a very good job. We use Google Docs though, and we use Google Drive, which shortcuts are. It does shortcut because we can speak to each other on the app. Sometimes yeah. when she gets on it, I'm like, "Hi!" Yeah, we're like, "Oh my god, we're doing it at the same time." It's like we're texting each other. It's the best. It is. It's, the best. It is pretty. It's good. very efficient. So speaking of efficiency and multitasking, yes. So one of the things that this whole list of tips says is don't expect your man to multitask. But now, hold on, though. You must talk about multitasking in this book, correct? Uh, yes, but I don't even know if we use the word multitasking because I think, I think when I look at my own life, five years ago, it was like really trendy to be like, oh, I multitask. I'm on a conference call while I'm checking email, while, you're while checking I'm your in the bathroom. Yeah. And, and you're on a phone. And I'm on a date <laughs> and I'm in the bathroom. Um, but I still want to be in the bathroom for what it's worth. Um, but um but now I really think there's a lot of new research that, like, it depends what you mean by multitasking, but truly, okay. like, half listening to a conference call while I half read an email, that's not doing anyone any good. Sure. So it's one thing to be on a conference call where I don't really need to be present, but I think I can pick out the finer points while I do other stuff. But true multitasking, I think, I think now is not considered what it was. But it's also, I mean, true multitasking means being able to be on a conference call and somehow extract all the information whilst doing something else, which they say is a more feminine attribute. Or we can use a real life Mm. dating example. How about you're talking to your guy who's on his phone reading emails and you want to have a conversation about what to order for dinner. I'm just throwing this out there as a Mm -hmm. multitasking example. Mm -hmm. But... He may not hear what you just said because he's reading his email because they say men cannot multitask or it's difficult for them to. So which is why they say women are the ones that have the babies because they can like have a baby, make dinner, be on the phone, plan your day. uh, I don't know. Do do life and stuff. Whatever. The point is men apparently cannot multitask as well as women. But obviously you can invest in multiple companies at the same time. You can have your hand in a bunch of different activities like alcohol and books and traveling and all the things right so do or it's you- about switching between activities quickly right i get oh. right off of a conference call where i'm thinking very analytically and go right into a, a branding session where we have to think think very creatively like that's how i so think you can about switch gears. switching gears 
and kind of tasks within that maybe the gears. That makes sense. That's so a that's good why way to think one about. and then the other, you can't do both at the same time, though. So still saying you but can't. But you multitask. have to be able to turn like turn yourself over quickly. Yeah. But here's a, here's a postulate that I'll bring back because now I get where this whole thing is going. Is um, I think most people today suffer from decision fatigue, right? So too much multitasking leads to too many decisions and you just get burnt out of making easy decisions. Like what I'm going to order for dinner it's seems like, like a chore. Just like decision fatigue of like deciding between too many girls or if you're into boys. But like make it more just low-grade, easier decisions among like more important things. I should decide between a couple girls I'm interested in and pursue one, not – go after 10 because that's just too many decisions to make. It's too much multi. So I think we should narrow it down. So let's say, I'm again, I don't know why we're going with, we're going to order from Postmates because that was a start. Don't order from Cheesecake point. Factory because that menu has too many choices. Exactly. So, but let's say I'm like talking to my guy and I'm like, okay, do, do you want this, this, or this for dinner? Oh yeah, that could be good. I would even say it's well, that's one too many choices. I Two believe choices. In, I believe in I go Black and this white. is what I always joke when I when I get married and have my wedding planned, I want to be a part of it, but I'm going to assume it means more to her than it does to me. I call it left hand, right hand. Hold up something on the left hand, something on the right hand, and I'll give you my input and you can take it or you cannot. But three choices it. is a lot. There's there's a whole thing on like, you know, the the long tail of decision making. I think two's generally like when I ask people what they want to do, it's it's interesting, especially on first dates. Occasionally can be mistaken for being like indecisive, which I'm the opposite. I always get accused of being too alpha, too aggressive, too whatever. So I'm always like, ask like one or two questions. Do you like this type of food or this? Do you have a pre- do you want someplace that's this or that? And you just get like two kind of benchmarks, and then you can hone in on the bullseye really quickly, and it leads to a much better. That makes sense because you're not like, what is your favorite type of food or what food do you feel like? You're like, do you like Chinese or do you like Italian? Right, right. And you just hone it, Asian and it gives them Italian. a chance to say Chinese or Italian, or it gives them. And it, listen, if you stick with the sushi or Italian or something else, you probably hit the bullseye of their favorite. And if not, she'll go, mm, I don't actually like those. I'm really craving Mexican. Great. Done. Tell me go. no more. I got, I'll pick you up at seven. I got just the place. Love that. Wait, okay. So there is a question that comes up when you're starting to date somebody that annoys me, like, beyond. I can't handle it because it's too open-ended. What's your week like? Well, do you want my whole itinerary for the week, or do yeah. you want to know when I'm free? Ask a more direct question, you dumb them. Yeah. A short <laughs> cut to the answer, because that is, like, now opening the door or Pandora's box to, like, a whole bunch of unnecessary shit that's going to make this conversation take longer, right. and then... Or, like, what are you up to this weekend? People ask that all the time. Uh, well, I'll tell you exactly what I'm doing at every minute. Or were you asking me when I am free to see you? Yes. Right. Or even like even like scheduling, right? Like I actually don't have an assistant schedule most of my stuff because I have to keep my own schedule. So I always try to say, hey, are you free Tuesday at 6? And I'm like, no, but I'm free Wednesday at 5. Love and it. if that doesn't work, we go back and forth like twice. And I'm like, okay, I got to pass it off too much. But to your point... It is seriously, that's how to shortcut any relationship that I'm embarking on. When they just hit you in the middle of the day, like, hi. What do you write back? I guess, hi. Yeah. Or like, what are you doing? Hey, I I tried something totally different. I'm sitting at work, like running and gunning, grinding, just like I do the other 364 days a year. But, you know, (laughs) like it's something like, what do you, and again, to your point, like, do you want all the specifics or what are you doing? Oh, I'm getting my nails done in the middle of the day. No, I'm at work. Right. No, right? It drives me insane. Like, don't ask a dumb question. A good, a good friend of mine got married like five years ago, and he, he, this is what he tells his wife. He goes, look, I'm going to work from whatever. He works pretty hard, but not great. Like, I'm going to work at 7 a.m. I'm coming home at 5 p.m. 
you're welcome to call me during the day. If you call me during the day and you want to chat for 30 minutes, I will chat for 30 minutes. But just know I'm not coming home at 5 p.m. I'm coming home at 5.30 because he's very, like, planned. And he's like, every minute that you distract me from something, whether it's a one-minute text or a 30-minute call, is one minute later I will come home. And you should just know that. But I'm down for it. And I think there's some merit to it. There is. Running a tight ship, A. And B, it is giving the expectation. Like, it is putting it out there. Like... That is being clear and specific, and this is how I work. Like, no room for error there. No, Just, this I mean, is it. Even in our business dynamic, I mean, obviously, like, we're best friends. We work together. All the things are, but when we go into business mode, like, we'll be having a conversation about, like, boys or, like, God knows what. And then it'll be like, okay, I am actually going to be off the computer from the next one, like, to two hours. So I will not be working on what we're supposed to be working on. I will be back, though, later so you know what to expect. So that yeah. we're not just sitting around waiting for each other. We've like gotten into a groove of saying like, mm-hmm. I will be doing this, but not now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because life happens. But you have to give the expectations out. And I think that works. That's all part of communicating and getting to where you need to go quicker. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time with a bunch of fluff. And also, you wonder a lot for no reason. Yes. Like, if you have information, you don't have to wonder. So Courtney's solution is two choices. I love two choices. I'm going to do that. Me too. Okay, I like it. I think um, everyone listening and watching should do that as a homework assignment for this um, week. Just try, just try. Even the difference between two and three is a lot. doesn't sound like it. But. Right. Well, Write us it, and it tell is. us. No, I agree. And also, the next one is that p- some people say that men have a limited capacity for detail. Yeah. So the – and maybe this is different for you. Like, when you're at work, do you find that you're paying attention to detail in a different way than you do? It sounds like you pay attention to detail, though, even with women. You if you plug it into an Excel, Excel spreadsheet. But do you think, like, do you find even in the workplace, like, you're when, when you're, like, partnered up with women or you're working with women, like, they kind of pick up the slack there for you? Do you think that's, or is it not really a man-woman thing in your eyes? So you're saying that you think men have a limited capacity for detail. Some like they you say actually in just did that. What you did was you extricated the important part of what Lauren said. Yes, right. And you ignored everything else. And you so it was like all the minutia of what she explained yeah. to you. You literally pulled out the one piece that made sense to you as a man. Well, no, I was it was a clarifying question because it's like sometimes it just for the counterpoint, I ask a girl a question. Five minutes later, I'm like, sorry. Did you hear the question I asked? Because you didn't answer the, anything remotely to the yeah. question I asked. And I'm like always looking down. What am I looking for? The point of that story. Um, oh. Just saying. No, I think I, – I don't believe that to be true, but I think it's contextual and situational. Meaning yes. if you called me in the middle of the day and wanted to tell me something, I seriously am always scared to be like too social in the middle of the day if someone calls me I'm dating because if you ask like two questions and it leads to a 10-minute conversation I wasn't planning for, like – that's a lot versus if we're just at dinner, not a care in the world. I want all the details in the world, but it's very situational. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. Time yeah. and place. I mean, so I was on a date not too long ago where I was telling the guy about like the story behind my new couch and it went on for 30 minutes and he made sure to make fun of me for that. He's like, I didn't realize one couch had a 30 minute story. And I was like, but I have to tell you every piece of this infer- the story because it all got us to this couch yes. and why the couch was important to me. And it's funny because like he would have just told me like, I, I wanted a couch and I bought the couch and now it's in my house. And yeah. I was like, well, I really wanted this couch and it meant so much. And it, Did the you neighbors guys go had... on a second date? Oh, yeah. Now we're dating. Oh. Yeah. That's surprising. Well, he makes really fun of on the couch story, yeah. Well, we both, uh, we talk for hours a lot of the time. There's a lot of details on his end too, so. <laughs> right. But see, my guess is he Actually. wouldn't have tolerated the 30-minute couch story 
that well at like 1 p.m. on a Wednesday. This Probably was over not. dinner. No, no and fact, totally right. Yeah, actually, today we were talking about making plans for next week, and he's like, I can't do it now, but I would like to do it later afterwards. But that's yeah. good, though. That's kind of like yeah. saying, hey, listen, if you call me and I'm at the office and I'm spending two minutes on the phone with you, that gets me home at 5.32 or 5.02. Right. But I also I have a theory that I that I that I try to adhere to so that you don't seem like super overscheduled in your life. I think I told you I'm here like two and a half days of the next 31, which unfortunately is fairly set in stone. But when I have free time or when I block it out, I like to call it planned spontaneity, meaning like, oh, I have a night tonight or a part of this weekend where I can do something really fun. I don't know what it is. So the time has been blocked out. So that's the planning part. But then I want to do something like spontaneous. Ooh, like what do I like you do that. that's spontaneous? What Skydiving. I yeah, I mean, no, I, Ellie's got so much stuff. Uh, what have I done lately? I went to this wolf sanctuary. <gasps> you know, the guys that don't, yeah. I, I know the people I don't if only, and it's yeah. like one of their best. Like, you go to a wolf sanctuary. Did you get to them. pet them and kiss them and touch them? Yeah. All I that. want to Did do that. Did you put the photo in your dating profile? No, but it, I mean, I definitely chucked down Instagram stories, but I did, I've done, I did the goat yoga where oh, yeah. the goat clawed the shit out of my back and it was supposed to be therapeutic. I don't but, get know, that just, at all. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand the goat part of it. But, I'm sorry. You know, it could be a fun date. Oh, totally. I think it's fun because then you could like laugh together about like why right. you're doing it and why people do it and it's funny. Exactly. Yeah. But I still don't really understand why it's a thing. Um, okay, you know what? There is another important thing here that we need to touch on. There's, there's like 10 different things here, but we're going to just like touch on the most important ones. Like men thrive on appreciation. Now, our podcast, our fairy podfather who is the the founder of our network, uh, Brian Howie. He hosts this show called The Great Love Debate, and it's like a live debate, and it's awesome, and he talks about different things. He, he hits different points every time and in different cities, but there are some things that he constantly brings up, and one of them is he talks about the three things that men always need, and we're actually going to talk about this on an upcoming episode, too, because it's so interesting. And he says that they are to feel admired, or respected, appreciated, and needed. But he asks the women in the room, like, what do you think it is? And they're like, oh, he wants to have sex, or he wants to watch sports. or And he's, I don't think he's wrong. He's, like, gone around the world and talked to people, and I think this is sort of like a well-rounded idea. Admired respect, and respected, appreciated, and needed. Do you agree with that? That those are the three, like, fundamental things you need, you need to from a partner? Well... I don't disagree with any of it. I, I actually adhere to, because uh, I met him a few years ago and really buy into his stuff. What's that guy? Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. Uh-huh. As cheesy as it is, there's like, so, like I think it's like 80% there, so it kind of covers like it covers the basics of what you're saying. To address the sports thing, I mean, you're talking about you know being admired. That's like a basic fundamental need. I don't have a basic fundamental need to watch sports. Like I won't die if I won't do it. I just really like to do it. Oh no! So yeah. those are different. Those are different like well, levels well, of the these pyramid. These are the three that he says. So just right. the yeah. whole admired, yes. appreciated, and needed. Do you adhere to those? Yes, because I think fundamentally you go back to like gender roles and hunters and gatherers and woman is taking care of the family with the guys going out hunting. Like if you don't feel needed or you don't feel like admired for the things you're going out and doing, it gives you less purpose. So yeah, yes. I, that's why I'm saying I don't, I don't disagree with those. Those all seem right. Now, being that you work in the startup world and in business, and there are more women that are coming up in the business world, and they are CEOs, and they're badasses too, and there's this whole boss babe thing and whatever. So with that being said, they can make their own money. They can hire a handyman to build that IKEA furniture or not buy it at all because they buy more expensive furniture from Restoration Hardware or somewhere. I don't know. But they can do all the things you can do. 
so how do you feel that that plays into a working in this environment, but also being needed yeah. and appreciated when they can do the same things? Yeah, like I don't need a man to do whatever. Like, how do you then communicate with a man if that's how you feel? I think. And it depends. I mean, even something like security, right? If you feel safe with someone, like that doesn't necessarily relate to how successful you are in work or what job you have. I mean, you could even be dating a girl who could bench press more than you theoretically, but the guy still makes you feel safe. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's feelings like that. So safe I think you goes- feel emotionally, probably. So like, you know, yes. you can trust the person. They're a good partner. They're not going to just up and leave you or and might, cheat on might you might and be, be a horrible Yeah, human. or there might just be something they do that makes you feel safe. Like when they hold you a certain way or they touch you a certain way or look at you a certain way. That just... Yeah, or feeling. just like, you know, someone just being a guy just means like, just like taking care of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I will plan the night. I will do this. I will make sure that these things happen, you know. Do you think yeah. the guy has to always plan the night? No, for sure not. But it is going back to gender roles and being the caretaker. And that's another thing that men are providers, providers here. It's like that kind of, I mean, yeah, you don't want to completely eradicate that and just be like, it's all fair game. Like, you know, there is part of you that is conditioned or there are gender roles or societal ideas that, you know, that go along with this. Like the men are the hunters or the chasers or the whatever. So you can't completely just say we're all on a level playing field. I feel like that's what's kind of messing things up Well, I think that's what, I mean, I always say, it's like what makes it tricky to be in relationships right now is that like, so... I want to treat you like a peer and equal, which I should. I want to open the door and be chivalrous and do all these things, yet it, it's hard to kind of be your best friend, your lover, chivalrous, but not be a misogynist or like view gender roles the way they traditionally have. It's like hard to navigate balance that whole soup. I think that if as long as you know that you're not or you, as long as you feel that a man isn't doing these things because he doesn't think you're able. Right. Then, like you don't want to feel right. deficient in some way. No, but it cuts both ways. Like, I mean, I someone I dated not too long ago it was like it all depends like I call it, it's just like the benefit of the doubt or the way you choose to perceive a situation I would like open the door for her like eight nine out of ten times but it, I don't know I'm making this up the way your car's parked or whatever or I'm holding something so I don't walk around to get the door I swear she would only talk about the one out of ten times I didn't open the door not the nine out of ten times I did and so I'm that's just being like, not appreciated that's just, for that right but I guess you could view it either way I mean I she, she was like, well, you either open the door for me or you don't. And I go, I don't know it's 100%. Yeah, she was a little high maintenance. I like the look on your face. But that's, but you're also not somebody that works at a hotel. Right. And that's what I mean. It's <laughs> well, like, it just depends saying, what yeah. the, it all starts with what the expectation I mean, is. listen, oh, life, I hope you stop seeing that person. Oh, I did. Okay, phew, because yeah. yikes. Life <laughs> happens. Like, get over it. Also, it's going to be okay. But yes, focus on the positive things, too. I mean, you have to do I'm that. I'm offended by that one person that is giving females a bad rap. Well, listen, and there's <laughs> another thing gone. on this list. Men want to make you happy, right? So they need to know that, and, and like anybody would want to make someone happy, but this is, you know, going on a list we found of, like, things that men need. They they don't want to feel like they're doing the wrong thing or you know what I mean like they're getting they're getting a positive reaction. So in this situation, you don't focus on the fact that there's other things that are happening in life in general. You got to focus on the good stuff in business. It would be the same way. You don't walk into a meeting and you know pitch something to somebody and they say maybe like oh I don't know if that'll work. But then there's other things in the meeting that you're talking about and then you only you leave there going oh that thing's not going to work. Like you would get nowhere right yeah. you would just be going in a circle or moving backwards and that's 
in business, in, in love, in anything. I think these skills, like we're saying, are kind of transferable. Like if you're trying to get somewhere quickly and not waste time, we're all in our 30s here. I think in general, people don't want to waste time in love. We want to get to where we're going. And like you say in this book, like there's so many different things you can do to like get rid of the fluff and just go Trim for it. Trim the fat. Trim the fat. A lot of it has to do with communication. And I'm sure that this happens on a daily basis at work in the office too. Probably makes you a better boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, what's the name of the relationship there? It was Esther Peril. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Her. Who, yeah. Who a lot of people know her now. I, I met her a long time ago and she, you know, she just has like a few basic like ground rules, right? Where it's like, don't bring up like serious stuff with your partner after like 10 p.m., right? I mean, how's that usually going to end? Or like, and it's hard, but she actually believes in like scheduling little times for things and just basically ground rules because not that it should be a business, but like, would you ever call your, co-founder of a company at 11 p.m. unless it was an emergency be like hey I was just thinking about this and it's bad news, bad news. you probably wouldn't like, yeah good you'd point you'd schedule a meeting there's a time and right. a place and so it shouldn't be approached like a business but you should not take things for granted and extend the same things and so I think that's a big part of how people for sure would do better in relationships uh, and obviously a number one quality in all of this is being confident like this is kind of in again in the office, in love, like you don't want to be overly anything, but like have a level of confidence, believe in yourself and what you have to offer on a date in a meeting because people really do are receptive to that. Yes. And also you don't want to present like your feelings to somebody probably like imagine a girl saying to you like, um, like I would really like to like be your girlfriend and then like hides under the table because she's so embarrassed and not confident and a that you like her at all. You'd be like, I don't like you anymore. Girl, not a pair, but grow a vagina. Grow a vagina. <laughs> Although you probably have one, but that's that the girl, girl, not that you. you, anybody, and the or person whoever. saying it. Maybe I don't know. But the point is, is you want somebody confident, not arrogant, not a douchebag, not yeah. an asshole, not a mean girl, or like what that book was like. Men love bitches. Why men but love like bitches? Somebody that has like strength behind them, knows what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Is that appealing? Themselves. Is that appealing to you in business and in love? Confidence, or are you? I mean, some people might differ on that. For sure. I mean, I think in business, it's like there's a lot of entrepreneurs I meet where I'm like, I don't know if I, I, I would any day of the week take a pretty good idea with a killer entrepreneur who just has that thing ah. that it thing versus what seems like a really good idea and a eh, entrepreneur. Like if somebody doesn't sell it themselves, then yeah. like, or they don't believe in it and they're like, I, I think this could be does, something yeah, that works. I could works. name you companies, even ones that you mentioned in the intro, where they did not, in my opinion, deserve the outcome they got, but they got a really good outcome because if you do well enough, like the right founder can almost like will it there or like yeah. we had a company that, that we had to write off recently where it was actually doing pretty well, but the founder just wasn't able to like sell the dream and raise more money. Mm-hmm. And the right person would have just like willed that maybe not to an eventual successful outcome that can be hard to do, but he would at least Prolonged. have willed it to the next step. And sometimes, you know, as long as you don't lose, you win. And as long as you live to fight another day, you, you have more opportunity and more money and more time afford you that. But wow. I've definitely seen startups. Actually, I've worked for one or two. You worked mm-hmm. with one. Uh, anyway, where we're like, how on earth is this company still in business? Yeah. What did that person say to some sad person that believed them that this company is going to do well and that they should give them lots of money? But and with I, enough time and enough money, anything's possible, right? Slack, which we're investors in. Oh, I love started, Slack so much. But do you know Slack started as a like um, game an intra-gaming messaging thing. They noticed how people were using Slack. it, pivoted to what Slack is now, right? Yeah. Like, there's tons of stories of those companies that had lots of 
money or the right people. And they, you know, most, we say it in the book, but um, most companies are built off one or two great insights. And it's crazy that like something as simple as it is can lead to a multi-billion dollar company, but it's because you have the right people, you're watching, you're astute, you see the insight and you build. Just like in love, it's a very simple thing. Like there's a couple things that you really match well with and on like a moralistic level and things just can take off. And don't you think that just like we're saying with confidence, a, a woman who might not be, and I can say this about a man, but for you, a woman who might not be like, oh my God, drop dead, fi- like gorgeous, physically attractive, like you would think, and it still has a, tr- a level of attraction, but is confident, that makes that person more attractive or sexy. Yeah. And and like for, for men and women, I think it's like a real... I think I've started to put more emphasis on like noticing like a real genuine confidence. It's not like mm-hmm. an LA I'm hot and I know it confidence, oh. but the minute I call it, you know, it's like, it's like an M&M hard, hard candy shell. But the minute you crack through that, it's like mush because <laughs> they're only confident in like one part of their life or that they're attractive, but there's no substance behind it. And I think, you know, it can, it can go the other way too, because I think all the things you asked about confidence, happiness, and even just like generals, they all play into each other. Sure. I think, I think the, biggest thing that goes the other way for women is that, you know, especially women who are um, doing great things like y'all or who are back, uh, you know, starting great companies. I'm totally good to be with one of those, but you have to be careful however it is to not emasculate the guy because that is the number one reason that I think your relationship will end. Right. Because there's a way to have a... avoid that? How can you avoid emasculating them if they are that person? But they have still have a Because let side. them take care of you in a way, receive, be able to receive that, right? Because it doesn't mean that you're saying you're not able to do that. It's just you saying, I would like to do that for you. That's just yeah. the viewpoint. Or it's like, right, if you're Sheryl Sandberg, who's the CEO of yeah. Facebook, yeah. like you have to find a way to not make your your husband or your boyfriend feel like everything you do is like second fiddle to her, right? Sure. And she's been in a bunch of uh, relationships, so she must be doing it well, but you still have to, to the earlier question, I think you just have to look for the pockets where they feel appreciated, do whatever, and it's not, as with any relationship, it's probably not about like, I'm better than you or who's better at this, it's about like the pieces fitting together and being like, not every partnership has to be 50-50. It just depends like, as long as those persons, if you're 70-30, as long as you're 30%, feels unique and valued and everything else, I think that's what matters. And don't focus on when he doesn't open the door, the one out of goodness. Thank you. However many times. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. So ridiculous. I'm still mad about that. But also Um, I do think to what you're saying, it makes a lot of sense when you like are dating somebody like not to date somebody of like term terms because like if you go date like a CEO type person or somebody that's also an investor, what are you going to talk about work at home? You do the same thing. So I don't think that you then add value to each other's life. But let's say you do what I you mean, do. Yeah, you could. but You could, but, yeah. like, it's also whatever. But let's just say you also – you're dating somebody that, like, rescues dogs. That person does something totally different than you. And, like, maybe they're more nurturing and you are more, like, a problem solver. So, like, you can solve the problems of what happens in an earthquake, but she's going to pack all the bags for, like, when you have to go travel. Or, like, I mean, you're just doing different things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Well, just fo- obviously let each other, you know, flourish in the areas that you're strong at. And this is in business, too. Like, this is why Courtney doesn't work by himself. He's right. got his brother with him. He's got whoever else, you know helped on this book or however many employees you have like it's all part of like extracting things from people and strengths from people and receiving the information communicating correctly obviously really quick we're gonna play a game with you but what what is like 
an important message or a couple of important tips that are from this book that you would like to like make sure people know and that need to read this book because? And this is just in business. You want me to relate whatever, them back no, to whatever, love too? What you this book want, is about. Whatever this book is about. And obviously it's a best selling book. So people are reading it. But for those of you who haven't. That might listen to our show or watch our show and are like, oh, that's interesting. I haven't thought about like that kind of business yet. And now they're going to read this book. Okay, sure. I'll, since you guys have hit on communication a lot, uh, this isn't really a chapter in the book, but maybe it's a through line. It's just that, you know, in the world we live in, like good communication is so important because we live, there, there is information is not the problem. There's so much information out there, but how you distill it down, how you, how you extract it, and then how you synthesize it or how you share it with someone else is so hard to do, easy to talk about, tough to do. And so I think when it relates to relationships, I, I'm a big believer having more communication or at least communication parameters or better communication leads to less communication. And the way it happens with like employees is like, uh. oh, I have a once a week standing call. They know that like I like an update on this thing every three days, even if it's going to take a couple weeks. So I don't check in and go every three days because I think about, hey, what's the status of whatever. Mm-hmm. And so like as long as you set up your parameters for good communication and everyone kind of agrees to them, then I think it leads to better communication uh, and less over time, even though it can feel like more in the beginning. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the first chapter of our book is just called is basically called "Get in the Trenches," the theory being that most people just go don't go, don't go nearly deep enough when they're thinking about an idea or researching something. I think the same applies to relationships when you're meeting someone. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they seem great. I mean, how many people seem great after one date, less great after two dates, totally. after three dates? You're like, what the heck was I thinking, right? <laughs> And it's not that you necessarily do anything differently because these things take time. But in general, I think we all have a tendency to do this is like you start to fall in love of what you think the person's like rather than what they're actually like. Totally. And I think it's a combination of emotion, but also just not really going deep enough to understand, you know, to get in the trenches of what they're about. They're also only showing the best, putting their best foot forward. So you're only allowed to see the good parts and not the shadows and this is all this is why taking time sometimes is important but there are ways to like remove the fluff to get to that important end goal quicker right. yeah, yeah it's also like the if old you don't tr- go in the trenches you're never gonna know what it's like and then totally. you might regret not having gone further with that idea or into that business or the experience that you should have yeah so. and i've had this happen with me where like i just meet someone and i'm like attracted to them physically and we start hanging out and you uh, like Listen, I, I love my life and would trade it for very few people. So it's like, oh, come to me, come with me to this event and this and go do this. And all of a sudden it's great, but it's like I've kind of just plugged and played them in my life or we've just end up doing all these things that like who wouldn't show really well or have a really good time. But I don't then I step back and go, wait, I don't really like know them. I haven't yeah. really like I don't know what makes them tick. I haven't like asked them the hard questions. So. Right. It's like the bachelor. It's hard for you when you're busy, but God, and I feel like you could be the next bachelor. Courtney. You should be. You should um, totally do it. And really quick, I think before. I might be past my pro. We were fun no. fact: we were offered that like ten years ago. You my and brother, your brother and I were going to go out together. Shut the but fuck you would be a much better bachelor knowing what you know now than you would have been ten years Who cares? ago. Are you the last bachelor? Was oh, I think we should let's nominate. nominate. Okay, we're going to nominate, nominate you. you. Okay, but real fast, we have to play our game in like five seconds. Yes. Um. So, Lauren, it's okay. So dating apps, like they all start from somewhere. They're startups. And we know that first impressions are a really big deal on picking a dating app. And then once you get on the dating app, so then and they, creating a bio, and creating a, a bio. And we just know that like, it's all about first impressions kind of. So we are going to name some dating apps and you need to tell us if they're real or fake. So if they're fake, you're going to say made up. 
And if it's real, if you think it's real, you're going to say startup in our game called False Start Me Up. So we're just going to list it, and you're like, you made can, up or startup? Okay. Made up exactly. or startup? I'm, okay. I'm going to I'm going to go on a limb here and say I hope I'm good at this because. I'm really close with the founder of probably the biggest dating app, and I'm invested in another one. But let's okay. see. Okay. Well, these are obscure, so oh, ready? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ugly schmucks. Startup. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. You're correct. Uh, don't go cheating now. Made up. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <please> clown dating. <laughs> That's a startup. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Equestrian Cupid. This one might be my downfall. But I'm gonna go startup. Damn. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Just DTF. Oh, I wish that was a startup. I think it's made up. It is. Oh, oh you're so good at this. Okay, how about STD match? Oh, just, please let it be made up. Oh, is it's that not. your final answer? It's fucking real. <laughs> Actually, Courtney. that makes sense now that I think about it, but that's just disturbing. But I feel I feel. Okay, bad. Was... last one. Eyes wide shut for the kinky blind. <laughs> Gotta be a startup. It's Oh, I, I started up. so well and I Courtney, trailed up. I made that one up. It's okay. Well, it's once like you get into deep fetishes, the one before threw me off. You prime me that it was like, yeah. It was all part of my plan. Oh my God. Okay. Thank you okay. so much. We have to let Courtney go because he is literally leaving and flying to New York because he's doing this kind of stuff and he's just so busy and all over the place. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> in. Remind everyone where they can find you and your book. Yes. Uh, well, my company is called M13, so you can always find us at uh, m13.co and our book, Shortcut Your Startup is um, thankfully available in most places. Books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, online, and uh, most book airport bookstores around the country if you're traveling a lot like me. Amazing. Okay, great. Where can everyone find you? Jen? Uh, you guys can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social media platforms out and there. You can find me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social media platforms as well. And don't forget to go on to our, pa- our Patreon site. Patreon, Patreon. I, I think it's say Patreon, Patreon because of Patreon. It's Patreon. And it's also a startup. And it is. And, and donate and Support. help keep the lights on and follow us on Complicated Show on all the socials and tune in next week for our guest of the wildly popular podcast, uh, Wine with Kelly, Kelly Keegs. And we will be back here next week drinking more and talking about love and stuff. Dating. And stuff. And what men need, actually. Yes, so that's this true. continues next week with a female perspective that's right. who all likes right. to wine while drinking wine. Just like us. Yeah. Isn't that great? Okay, thanks so much, guys. We will see you next week. Love, Love you long time. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.